2 Timothy 2, beginning in verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Thank you, John. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for these verses and um, thank you for all of the truth that's in it. And we pray that as we look at this passage that you would help us to understand and to believe. And we pray, God, that you would help us to endure to the end and then to reign with Christ. Help us, God, all of us, to endure to the end and then reign with Christ. That is my prayer for, for all of us. We pray these things in, in Jesus' faithful name. Amen. Paul wants Timothy to keep going, to, to not give up. That's what, a, that's what a lot of Second Timothy is about. Um, the, the, letter, the letter that we're reading here, 2 Timothy, this is, this is Paul's, it's like his final words to his young friend, Timothy. Paul knows he's about to die, he's finished his course, he, he's kept the faith, fought the good fight, and now it's time for him to be done. He's, he, is, he is on his way out. He is soon going to be Absent from the body, present with the Lord. So Paul has a few final things to say to Timothy. And, and one of the main messages in the book of 2 Timothy, Timothy, is he don't give up. Endure to the end. No matter what comes your way, endure to the end. Don't give up. And that's, that's a lot of what I'm trying to say to myself and to you every single Sunday morning. It's a lot of the reason we gather together so that you won't give up. I want you to make it to the end of this coming week and then the week after that and then all of 2020 and then, and then when you die, I want you have, to have endured to the end. I want you to reign with Christ. I cannot wait to see you reign with Christ. It is going to be a glorious day. That's what I want. That's what I want. High school students, you're going to see people that you thought were believers, you're going to see them fall away. You're going to see them walk away. You're going to, say, you're going to, you're going to hear them say, this is stupid. I, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to listen to the word the Word of God says about the way I should live my life. This is stupid. I'm out. I'm done. College students, you're going to see people that you, you like prayed with. and you, you, I mean, I, I remember people that I went to college with, that I went to Christian college with, that, that I, I mean, they taught me stuff about the Word of God. They helped me. And now 
nothing to do. You're going to see it. You're going to see people walk away. You're going to see people who don't endure to the end. Young, young married people, you're going to see it. Old married people, you're going to see it. Your peers, your, your friends, your acquaintances. They, they, and they're going to, they're going to walk away. And it's because they, they stop remembering, they stop remembering vital truths. Paul, Paul is going to give Timothy, here are, if you're going to endure to the end, here are three things you have to remember in these verses here. And in these, in these, in this passage, Paul is going to give Timothy three things he must remember if he's going to endure to the end. If he's going to last. If he's going to live out his life trusting Jesus and following Jesus. If he's going to last, there's there's three things in these verses he has to remember. And that's our sermon today. We're going to look at these three things. Three things you have to remember if you're going to endure. First thing, number one, Jesus Christ isn't dead. You have to remember, Jesus Christ isn't dead. Verse 8 says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my Gospel. Paul says to Timothy, you have to remember. And so now, everybody has to remember this. Timothy was a pastor. He had been a pastor for years. He has to remember that Jesus is raised from the dead. I've been a for quite a while now. I need to remember every single day Jesus has been raised from the dead. If you've been a believer for for four months or for 45 years, you need to remember every day, day in and day out, week in and week out, Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. He died. Jesus died. I mean, He died. His body gave out. His heart stopped. His brain stopped. His organs stopped. He was done. He was dead. And He died to to pay for our sins. He gave His life over. He gave His life up. He said, my time is here. And He walked into it. If He didn't want the Roman soldiers to end Him, then He would have stopped them. But He didn't want them. He he didn't want to stop them. He said, my time has come. And He gave His life up so that you and I could be saved from our sins. So that He could pay for our sins. And then there's this time where He's just dead. And, And we say to ourselves, Was it sufficient? When Jesus said, it is finished, was it really finished? Is it sufficient? And Romans 4.25 says, He was raised for our justification. God the Father, listen carefully, God the Father gave proof to anyone who had eyes to see, anyone who had ears to hear. When God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, He said, it's sufficient. It is sufficient. 
I, this, this has not happened, but you could imagine this happening in my household. If you know my family, you could imagine my son Pete getting carried away. Pete and I love to play one-on-one basketball. He has a, he has a little basketball hoop. Um, it's, it's on his door, and we love to play one-on-one. It's great. We have a lot of fun. You can imagine Pete getting carried away and breaking a window or something. And so now he owes his mother a lot of money. And he goes and he finds his wallet, and he's got like seven or eight bucks in there. He was saving it for gum, but he will, he'll pay up. No gum and Legos this month. I'm going to pay up. I broke the window. And mom says, there's no way $7 is going to cover it. It's not going to cover it. I mean, this is what God the Father said to us. You can't cover it. You can't cover it. Your sins are many. You're not going to be able to pay for them. There's no way. Mom says to Pete, no, nobody. No. And so his sister Abby, who she's the good one. Um, so we, Denise and I are ba- basically batting one out of six. So I, I mean, it's not major league, but it's minor league. You know, we're one for six. We got a good one. And uh, she's the good one. She says, she says, Pete, buddy, I love you. And she goes and she gets her, her, her bank account. And she's got some money saved away for, for college. Again, because, you know, she's the good one. She's probably the one going to go to college, if any of them do. And, and so uh, she's saying... Hey, I was going to pay for college, but I'll, I'll cover the window. And she shows it to her mom, and she says, is this enough? And Pete's waiting. He's, is it enough? And mom says, yeah, it's enough. She says to Pete, buddy, you don't owe anything. You don't owe anything. Jesus Christ goes to the cross. He dies for us. Is it enough? God the Father says to us, yes. You don't owe anything. And he proves that to all of us by raising Jesus from the dead. He says this is completely satisfactory. You don't owe a thing. Because Jesus Christ has been raised for our justification. He has been raised as proof for everyone who has eyes to see, everyone who has ears to hear, You don't owe a thing. You're safe. You deserve the wrath of God, but you are safe from the wrath of God. And God the Father proves that by raising Jesus from the dead. And, not only are we safe from the wrath of God, not only do we not owe anything and we are just safe, but we're safe forever because Verse 8 says, not only is Jesus risen from the dead, He's the offspring of David. He's the offspring of David. And and what Paul means by that is, is He is the one that the Old Testament promised. Jesus is the long-awaited King. He's the one that God said, He's coming. A thousand years before the first Christmas, before the advent of Jesus Christ, before the incarnation of Jesus Christ, before the birth of Jesus Christ on this world... A thousand years before, God says to David, someone is coming from your family line and they are going to rule and reign forever. They're going to sit on your throne forever. They're going to rule over a kingdom of justice and peace and glory forever. Forever. So not only are we saved if we're in Christ Jesus, not only are we saved, but we are saved forever. 
Jesus is the great Son of David. He is the Son in Psalm 2 who will see all of His enemies crushed beneath His feet. Jesus is the Lord of lords. He is the King of kings. He is the offspring of David. He is the promised one. And He is the one who is going to rule and reign forever. His his kingdom, never going to end. So if you belong to Jesus, and you have to ask yourself that this morning, is Jesus your Savior? If He's your Savior, if He's your King, then you belong to a Savior and to a King who will reign forever. So you don't owe anything. You don't owe anything. It's been paid. You are safe, and you are safe forever. So we have to remember, Jesus Christ isn't dead. If we're going to endure in this world, we have to remember, Jesus isn't dead. That's the first thing. There's another thing we have to remember. Number two. So first, Jesus Christ isn't dead. And then number two, His Gospel isn't locked up. His gospel isn't locked up. Verses 8-10 through say, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering. I am suffering for this gospel. I am bound with chains, Paul says, as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. That right there is a sermon. We could have just done a sermon on that. But the word of God is not bound. If you're going to memorize anything in Scripture this week, just memorize that that sentence. But the Word of God is not bound. Verse 10, Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So Paul is writing this, and Paul himself is chained up. Paul himself is locked up. He's in chains. He's bound. Right? Paul's not going anywhere. Paul's not going anywhere. He is is being treated like like the worst kind of criminal. That word for criminal he uses there, that that word is used for the the people who were crucified on Jesus' right hand on His left. It's the worst kind of criminal. It's the one they think is worthy of, of torturous crucifixion. So Paul is locked up and he's treated like a criminal. He's in chains. He's imprisoned. But the Gospel of Jesus Christ in the Word of God can never be locked up. Paul is saying, you can hold me down. You can tie me up. You can gag me. You can kill me. But you cannot stop the Word of God. It is not bound. Paul is saying, I don't personally have to have unlimited power. I don't have to. Because the Gospel does. Paul says the Word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Paul says I don't have to be free and open and and out in the open and unchained. and I don't have to be out among the regular civilians doing whatever I want to do. Paul says I just have to endure whatever comes my way. I just have to be faithful. I just have to take whatever opportunities that God gives me. And yes, that means suffering, Paul says, but I'm glad to do this for the sake of the elect, for the sake of those that God is saving. 
So Paul could have gotten into this big conversation about woulda, coulda, shouldas. You know, he could have been saying, oh, I wish I was out. I wish, I mean, this, it would make so much more sense if I was, if I was out and so I, could, so I could proclaim the gospel to a bunch of people. I could plant churches. I, I was doing so much good stuff. Why am I in here? Paul doesn't get into any of that stuff. He doesn't. He doesn't say, I should be out doing this or doing that. What is God up to? I don't understand. Because Paul knows that come what may, God is saving people. He knows there, there are many, many people that God has claimed in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. God set the gospel in motion before He set the universe in motion. Nothing can stop the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing can. It cannot be stopped. It cannot be locked up. Paul Paul says, you can lock me up, you cannot lock the Word of God up. Right now, God is saving people. He is saving people. God has this huge family of people, and yet He is not going to stop until they are saved. Until they are in. Paul doesn't need to understand everything. He understands what he wrote in Romans 10. He, he says in Romans 10, uh, 13 through 15, he says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And, he, and how are they to believe in him uh, of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So Paul says, I'm going to be the person preaching, I'm going to be faithful. Verse 15, how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Paul says, I want them to hear so that they can believe. And and, and he says, I know that God is going to use my endurance, my faithfulness, my gospel witness. He will use it so that people will be saved. He has people that He is going to save. They're going to obtain salvation that is only available in Christ Jesus for eternal glory. It doesn't matter that I'm locked up, Paul says. You can't lock up the Word of God. Let's think about this together. You and I, let's think about this. Because because there are ways I know personally for me that I, I mean, I run smack into my own limitations all the time. All the time. I, I never, I've never been imprisoned and, and stopped in that way from proclaiming the Gospel, but I've run into limitations, hindrances. I run into them all the time. I mean, we, we face questions we cannot answer. People, people have these questions for us about, about science, or about stuff. and we're, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And we face hardships and we face conflicts. And we feel handcuffed by our own weaknesses. And we, we say, you know what, I'm just not good at talking. I'm not good at explaining my faith. I just bumble and mumble and I just can't talk right. Me no speak good. I'm just not good at it. And it gets worse when I start to talk about things that I really want people to believe. I get even more tongue-tied. Maybe we're thinking, I don't have the, the health or the strength or the time that I used to have or that I wish I had. And we, we run into roadblocks with people that we care about. They, they could be in our family or, or our neighbors, and we really want them to understand and believe the gospel. And we've tried, and they just shut us down. They ignore us, they avoid us. 
There's very little we can do about that. The good news is, even when we are bound, and even when we are restrained, and when we're smacking right into our limitations, we can know for sure that the Word of God is never bound. The Gospel of Jesus Christ, according to the Scriptures, is going to do its work. It is. God is going to save His people. He is going to do it. All we have to do is endure. We just have to be faithful. We just have to speak up when we have the chance. We just obey the Word of God despite what it might cost us. We just have to be faithful. And yes, we will routinely be made aware of our limitations. We will. I, I, I am routinely made aware of my limitations. I know the ways. I am just not good at being a human. I just, I'm just not. I have, I have issues, and there, there's, I'm, I'm jealous of other people's gifts and their abilities, and I, I mean, and, 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 and I, I get frustrated because I think I've made headway in a relationship with a neighbor, and then it's just, it's like they've never heard anything I've ever said, and, and I just feel like I'm back at square one, and it's just, I, I know those feelings, those feelings that we have, uh, um, where we just feel handcuffed by our own weaknesses, by our own inabilities, our own fears. The wonderful thing for us, we don't have to be Superman or Wonder Woman or Batgirl or whoever. We don't have to be amazing. We don't have to. We don't have to be gospel ninjas. I had a friend who, who um, described another friend as a gospel ninja. He was, just, he was just really good at getting the gospel into any conversation. And, and I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. A little weird, I, but I know I'm not that. I'm more like a gospel caveman. Um, it's just, I'm not stealthy. I'm just not. But I don't have to be. I have to be faithful. I have to endure. I have to keep going. I have to keep believing the gospel and saying what I believe. That's all I have to do. I have to keep obeying the word of God and encouraging others to do the same thing. Because the, 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 gospel, the gospel is not locked up. Jesus Christ isn't dead, number one. And number two, his gospel isn't locked up. And then number three, his promises are sure. Verse 11 through 13 says, The, the saying is trustworthy. The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. He cannot deny Himself. Jesus' promises will never, ever fail. They won't. Just like the Word of God will not fail. Just like the gospel of Jesus Christ will not fail. The, the gospel, the, 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 the gospel plan, the plan of redemption that God has set into motion before He created anything, just like that will not fail, Jesus Christ Himself will never fail. He will never break His promise. Which 
means that if you have died with him, you will also live with him. If if you've died with him, which means if his death is your death, if his death is your death, in our imaginary story, Pete made Abby's payment his payment. He made, his, he made her payment his payment. If that's what you've done with, with Jesus Christ and His death, if you've said, yep, that's it. That's all I have. I only have the, the death of Jesus Christ. That's all I have. If I'm going to be if I'm going to be forgiven by God, if I'm going to be in God's family, if, if I'm going to escape God's punishment, then all I have is Jesus Christ and His death. That's all I have. My only hope is Christ and Him crucified. I hope that's your only plea this morning. I hope that you are trusting in Jesus Christ's death to pay for your sins that you have committed. Because you have committed sins. You are just like me. We are sinful. We are sinful and we need the death of Jesus Christ to pay for our sins. If you haven't or you're not sure about that, you want to talk about that, please come find me. We will talk. We will talk about that. And if you understand you just have never really trusted Jesus as your Savior, then please do so now. Right there where you're sitting, just say, just say yes, this is, this is what I believe. Just say yes, I uh, Jesus Christ is my only hope. His, his death is, is my death. I need it. I need His Gospel. Or else I have no hope. And if you've done that, if you're believing that, if Jesus Christ's death is your death, then you will live with Him because He keeps His promises. You will live with Him. And He's going to live forever, so you're going to live forever. It's going to be eternal glory for Him. It's going to be eternal glory for you. You will live with Him. Verse 12, if we endure, we will also reign with Him. I I hope most of you know uh, Mary Lou Davis back there. And she loves attention, so I love to talk about her every once in a while. She just loves it. She's just a big look-at-me kind of person. So... um, um, Mary Lou Davis's um, husband, who's now absent from the body but pre- present with the Lord. Um, I only knew her husband Ed for just like a very short time, and by the time I met him, um, he had Parkinson's really bad, um, and it was very difficult for him to get around, and it was very difficult for him to communicate. So I didn't get a chance to really know him well. I'm going to someday. We're going to have lots of time to hang out someday, but I didn't in this life on this planet um, get a chance to know him very well. But I heard from all kinds of people, uh, people who came from like Iowa and, and like other foreign lands like that to come to his funeral here, um, came from all, all over the country to come to his funeral. I heard from all kinds of people, he was faithful. He was a, he was a, he was a pastor for... for um, Many years, he was, he was faithful to his God. He was faithful to the Word of God. He was faithful to his wife and to his family. He endured to the end. And so now he's going to reign with Christ because Jesus keeps his promises. Ed Davis endured to the end. So now, so now he's going to reign with Christ. 
Because Jesus' promises are true. This is the same for you and the same for me. If we endure to the end, we will reign with Christ. We have to remember this. Jesus' word is sure. Now, there's a flip side to this, of course, as well. In in the end of verse 12, if we deny him, he also will deny us. So if we decide we're not going to endure with him, if we decide, you know what, I don't want his death to pay for my sins. I don't want that. And I don't want to endure hardship for his sake. I don't want this. If we deny him, we turn our back on him, if we say, I don't know him, then he will deny us. He will turn his back on us. The judgment day, when it matters, he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. We deny him, he will deny us because he is faithful to his word. Which brings us to to verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So this world... And we as humans, we have all kinds of faithlessness going on. We have all kinds of faithlessness going on. Jesus has none. He remains faithful. So so this is a wonderful promise in one way, but it's an incredibly scary promise in another way. Think with me. We're we're almost done here. Think with me. There There are two sides to this promise. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. There's There is good news and there is scary news in that. On the the encouraging side, we can admit that we struggle. We struggle. There have been times in our life where our faith hasn't been what it should have been. Where we have turned to other things. We've disobeyed the Word of God. And we've made it a habit to disobey the Word of God. Where Where we've... done things we needed to confess and repent of and turn away from and turn back to Jesus. We've had times where our faith wasn't wasn't what you might call exemplary. But Jesus is faithful, isn't he? We turn to him. We say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I disobeyed your word. I didn't live um, a life that trusted you, followed you. I'm sorry. Jesus is faithful. He never says, get, get, get away from me. I'm done with you. Has Jesus ever done that for us? Has he ever hung us out to dry? No, he's... Get in here. Get in here. He's faithful. He's faithful. Now, there's a flip side, though, isn't there? There's a flip side. If... If we say, you know what, I'm done. I'm done. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to obey the word of God anymore. I don't want to trust Christ anymore. This is a joke. I'm out of here. There's no way God can be good when all this other stuff's happening. I'm just, I'm just done. There's no way God can be good and like dictate to me how I'm going to live my life. What is going on here? I'm done. I'm out. If we decide to go that path, and we die in that state, Jesus is faithful to judge. We will have proven to Him and to everybody around us we never belong to Christ to begin with. I don't know where you are in your heart this morning. I don't know. I don't know what you think of the Gospel. 
There's all kinds of reasons to come to a church. And I'm, I assume that most of you are here because you love Jesus or because your parents love Jesus and they brought you to church. I don't, I don't know what's going on in your heart. And maybe you're thinking because of other, because of stuff that's going on in your life or because of certain temptations you're facing or I don't know. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, I'm, I feel like giving up. I feel like walking away. I want to tell you right now, turn, turn back to Jesus. Turn back to Jesus. Don't go that way. Don't deny him. If you deny him, he will deny you. If you reject him, he will reject you. Turn to Jesus. Make his death your death, and then endure. Keep believing, keep obeying. Please. I'm not telling you this because I, I'm so, so, some sort of great promise keeper, and I'm some sort of great person who never lies and is, is never falters and never fails. I'm telling you this because I'm a thousand percent sure Jesus always keeps his promises. And if we deny him, he will deny us. And, and, then, and then do you have, you have people in your life that you care about who show no signs of life whatsoever? Just, they just, it just doesn't seem like they care at all? I'm going to encourage you to, to, to do what, what Paul tells Timothy. Now at the end of Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, he says, he says, correct your opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. Do you understand that Jesus is faithful? You, you, can, you can pray for that person who doesn't seem like they care at all. You can pray for that person. Because time's not out. Jesus is faithful. If they turn to Jesus, He will bring them right back into the fold. But if they... If they leave this life denying Him, He will be faithful to judge them. Jesus keeps His promises. This is, this is wonderful news and it's scary news. Here's what I want for me and for you. I want, I want for all of us to, to reign together with Christ. That's going to be a good day. That's going to be a good day when we are reigning together with Christ. It's going to be a good day. And I want all of us to be there. I want all of us to be there. I love you guys. I don't love you half as much as Jesus loved you. I love you. If Jesus said it, believe it. His word will not fail. Believe it.
we get a chance now, I'm going to pray, and then Craig is going to come, and he's going to lead us in the Lord's Supper. We get a chance to remember Jesus, who's been crucified, and who's been raised for our justification. Let's believe that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, um, you know me. You know I am a mess. I am a mess. I, I, my faith is n- never as strong as I want it to be. And, and my doubt and my fear paralyzes me far too often. I pray, God, that you would help me to remember Jesus Christ that He has been risen from the dead, which, which means, since Jesus is risen from the dead, I don't owe anything. I pray, God, that You would just drill that into my heart. I don't owe anything. I am free and safe forever. Just help me to believe it. I'm so bad at believing things, God. I pray that You'd help me to believe it. And I pray that You'd do that for all of us in here. Help us just to know the Gospel is true. And help us just to endure and to be faithful with the Word of God, just knowing that no matter what's happening to us, no matter how we're feeling our limitations, which we will, no matter what's going on, that Paul being chained up could not stop you from accomplishing your purpose with your Word. And if, and if Paul being chained up doesn't hinder you at all, then our limitations don't hinder you. Help us just to be faithful, God. Help us to endure to the end. Help us never to deny Christ. In the moments when we are faithless, that we would turn back to Him. That we would trust Him and we would would follow Him. We thank You that Your Son, Jesus, is faithful. His Word is sure. Thank You that He cannot deny Himself. I pray that you'd help us to believe, help us to follow, help us to endure. And I pray that you would bring fruit, God. Please do it. In Christ's name, amen.